Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Countdown to Infinity. This is episode six. Today, we're going to be talking about the Avengers. It's, I don't know, it's okay, whatever. Uh, I'm James, and I'm, of course, joined by Matt. Mr. Matthew Wiggins. Yeah. Hi. Hey, Matt. I'm Matt. How's it going? It's going. You ready? To, it's good. You, you ready? To, you ready to talk about this super mediocre movie that nobody cares about? Yeah, it's fine. It's this is just the you know the filler episode to get to the real the real meat and potatoes, which is Thor two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm excited to get to Thor two. Okay, I'm 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 done with this. Oh God, this movie is so good, Matt. Oh yeah, yeah. This movie is uh, amazing. <laughs> it's so freaking good. It also just like on a fundamental like level of execution by a major hollywood studio like this shouldn't have worked like you you should not have been able to make five you know really good superhero movies that lead into this massive uh catch-all get the whole team together you know you have to have been watching this series for the last four years right uh, Avengers coming out in 2012. That's four years after the original Iron Man came out. Yeah, and they're saying if you want to enjoy this movie to its fullest, then you need to have already seen five films. But see, this is one of the brilliant things about this, this film is almost perfect, like almost yeah. the perfect movie because yeah. you don't need to have seen the previous five films. Like it works. You it it does. Okay, yeah, I will give you that. It it does work. But you will get so much more out of it. Oh, definitely. Um, but if you had seen the previous five movies, but this movie is, and and I, I like, I want to get into a little bit of why that is. But this movie also just works if you just drop in here and watch this in and of its in and of itself, um, without a lot of familiarity with the previous like the characters that are in it. Yeah, that's fair. I think. I think you could um I was actually wondering about that today. If you had to pick um if somebody was like I I I'm going to watch one movie and then the Avengers, which movie do I watch? Mm. Um it's it's a toss up between Iron Man or Captain America in my opinion. Um I don't think Hulk factors into it at all. Yeah. Um I think uh you don't need to worry about Iron Man 2. Yeah. Um and the Thor is obviously uh it's probably number 3 there, but it's definitely behind Iron Man and and Captain America. Yeah. But you're you're right. Like it is a movie that one could just watch without seeing the rest of them and be like, "All right, I feel like I'm caught up." Yeah. Well, I mean like from a character individual character point of view, it basically gives you a quick um like crash course in who everybody is. So yeah, well, uh it it doesn't really require a whole lot of of grounding in the franchise in order to to get into and enjoy. But man, this yeah, movie's so true. good. There's it, it is really good. I'm going to be probably gushing about this movie a lot over the course of the That's fair. Well, let's uh, let's run down some of these we'll run down some of these uh names and stuff. Directed by Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. And you might know oh, him from... is it ever directed by Joss Whedon? Yeah, it really is. Um I remember you, I mean, I remember when this movie was in production, and the sort of the the nerd universe found out that Joss Whedon had somehow managed to sort of fall into the directing chair yeah. of what would arguably be one of the biggest movies ever made up until this point. Yep, 
and you're just like, wait, really? Like you're gonna give it to the Buffy, you're gonna give it to the Angel guy, yeah. you're gonna give it to the the Serenity, and and it's like, okay, I mean, sure, neat. why not? But I nobody could have guessed he could have pulled out what he did. Oh like, yeah, this is a re- is a really well directed movie. Uh huh. Ah, it's just really good. What else we got here? Um, we got we got all of our favorites. We got Robert Downey Jr. We got Chris Evans. We got Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Um, obviously new. Oh uh, yeah, his to, first turn to, is the Hulk. Yeah, this is the first time we're seeing him, and they kind of just waltz right past it, which is good. Um, they, I, I'm honestly a little shocked they didn't even make a little bit of a joke, um, because they did in um Iron Man two when they had to replace Rhodey. There's oh, yeah. a real, just a small little, yeah, it's me. Um, when he walked into the uh, the hearing right. at the beginning of that movie. Um, but with this one, they were just like, nope, Mark Ruffalo, it's the Hulk, deal with it. Yeah. That's fine. Um, and then Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Tom Hiddleston, everybody's in this movie. Yep. Clark Gregg. We definitely want to talk about Mr. Coulson mm-hmm. a little later. I know we were text. I was texting you last night while we were watching <laughs> this movie about that. Yep. Uh, Colby Smol- uh, Smulders. Yep. Uh, making her debut, yep. which is pretty sweet. Um, and we got the guy who plays the, the what's it, Stellan? Stellan Skarsgård. Sk- it is Stellan Skarsgård, thank you. Yeah. And Sam Jackson is back. Um, man, look at this Look at this number. B- budget was $220 million. It made $1.5 billion. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a lot of money. 143-minute uh, runtime doesn't feel like it nope it it moves at a very uh impressive pace mm-hmm. uh i am i'm hoping that the infinity war is at least double the runtime of this movie <laughs> at least at least if it's not 280 minutes long um then they've done something wrong something entirely wrong yep uh but hey let's uh okay I, i'm excited for this one matt okay what what happens in the Avengers. Okay, well, I want to take a slightly different tack on this this time. I think I think you have to. I do. <laughs> um, and rather than diving straight into the events of the film, I want to introduce or reintroduce our listeners to a model of team formation. The model of team formation is known as Tuckman's model. It was introduced in 1965 by Bruce Tuckman, and he identifies four stages of team development. And uh, actually, in the 1970s, he introduced a fifth stage. And those stages are forming, storming, norming, and performing. And then the fifth stage that he added later on was adjourning. And uh, these five stages are actually well represented in this film. And if you consider the, the main character of this movie to be the Avengers as a team rather than Mm -hmm. any individual character. Um, You get this really nice cohesive arc that fits a, like a naturally occurring and relatively well identified model of team behavior. And that's really cool. So like at the opening of this movie, you've got the team uh, they're They're scattered around the world. They're all superheroes. They're all doing their own thing. And, uh, you know, an event sets off and, and 
Nick Fury is like, all right, we got to get the team together. So they head out and they recruit all the members of the team. And the team comes together and, you know, they fight to start with, but eventually they all get assembled on the helicarrier and, and begin to do their thing. Uh, but all does not go super well. They they don't get along. They don't play nice with others. Uh, they're so used to doing their own thing. They're getting on each other's case and uh, and pulling, you know, pulling at each other's strings. And uh, then Loki's men attack. And uh, the result there is that they they do manage to sort of put their put their conflicts aside and and fight back. But they they face a serious loss and uh, and the the helicarrier that they're on is disabled badly and and damaged and destroyed. And then they uh, they sort of rally back and and realize spurred on by the death of their friend agent colson uh they gel back together and they they realize that if they're going to save the world and if they're going to stop loki's plan they're going to need to to put all their differences aside once and for all come together and you know use all their skills to protect the earth so then they determine that new york is where the the final battle is going to take and so they head out to new york and they get there, and they they start norming. They start figuring out what each person's role is going to be and how they fit into the team. There's a point where uh, Iron Man actually says, take it away, Cap, and tells Captain America to actually start issuing orders and taking the leadership position. Um, and the, the team all slot into their roles, and they all start taking orders, and they all start performing as a team. And uh, as they are you know, using their skills and and working together effectively. They they become more than the sum of their parts. They save the world. They save New York. And then they all go their separate ways. And, uh, yeah, you've got this nice fluid arc that, that really matches the, the development of a, a high-performing team. And I think that's really cool. This this movie is basically a textbook for a leadership seminar. So if you ever go to a, a team leadership seminar and they don't play you the Avengers, ask for your money back. <laughs> I mean, you've also more or less just described a five-act story. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it falls into... I mean, the I and, and I... I, I bring this up because I actually watched a video um, last night. I watched the same video the night Did you before watch the last. Same video? Yeah, it was the the like the Avengers as analyzed via a three act structure and a five act structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, we'll link that. I'll link that video below because it was a really good video. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it basically is just explaining how perfectly the Avengers more or less fits into the three act structure. Um, and the five-act structure, with the only difference really between a three and a five, if you didn't already know, is you take that second act and you break that down to... Into three, three sub-acts, acts. yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really great video um, explaining how this movie fits more or less perfectly into those structures, which is really good because, yeah, it is a very well-put-together film. Absolutely. Um, so let's go into a little more plot detail because I did kind of skip it over. So sure, sure. Loki, we thought he was lost to space at the end of Thor. Turns out he isn't actually. Uh, Shield is in possession of the Tesseract that fell out of the plane when Captain America crashed it. 
and uh, Captain America, now, of course, living in modern day. Tony has built Stark Tower in New York, and it's a self-sustaining building that he's taken off the grid and put an arc reactor in. Thor, eh, he's off gallivanting around the universe somewhere. Hawkeye, he's watching over the experimentation that... um, I cannot think of the doctor's name at the moment. Selvig. Selvig, thank you, that Dr. Selvig is doing on the Tesseract. And Black Widow, well, she's off somewhere, uh, Russia, I think, uh, doing spy things. And Bruce Banner is off in some undisclosed country doing doctory things. Sorry? He's in, he's in Calcutta. Oh, he's in Calcutta. Okay. Um, so, anyhow, Loki comes back, and he steals the Tesseract from S.H.I.E.L.D., this uh, leads to S.H.I.E.L.D.'s facility being blown up. This puts... Uh, uh, well, to be fair, it was more imploded. Uh, yeah, you're right. It was imploded. Um, <laughs> this puts Nick Fury on the defensive, and he decides that it's time to call in the Avengers. So they call in Iron Man. They call in Captain America. They call in Bruce Banner. And uh, they call in Black Widow. And they all meet up on the... Helicarrier. Uh, during Loki's escape, he managed to mind control Hawkeye. So Hawkeye is actually a henchman of Loki early in the film. And 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 Selvig. And Selvig. That's right. Selvig yeah. goes with him as well. Yeah. So that all happens. They all come together on the Helicarrier, and uh, they find out that oh, Loki is like traipsing around in Germany. Yeah. And uh, they they send Cap and oh no, sorry, they send Captain America to go. Uh, to go save the day. So he shows up, he faces off against Loki. Iron Man crashes that party. Uh, together, they do succeed in bringing Loki down, but it seems awfully easy. Uh, they take off in a Quinjet, and lo and behold, Thor shows up and takes Loki away from them. So he lands in a forest, tries to convince Loki to give up on his, his plan. Uh, Iron Man and Cap show up. There is a big fight. They level most of a forest. They realize that they're all on the same side, and uh, they head back to the helicarrier with Loki in tow. <sighs> they start studying Loki's staff. Loki has basically is u- using the staff to essentially manipulate them all into getting on each other's nerves more than they necessarily otherwise would, because his goal is to get Bruce Banner to turn into the Hulk and smash the essentially smash them all uh so that they're unable to prevent uh his plan of having the alien army of the chitauri storm earth retrieve the tesseract for mysterious villain off in space and uh grant him rule over planet earth uh they sort of catch on to this but uh, just as they catch on and realize that they're being manipulated into this plan Hawkeye and Loki's team shows up. They attack the helicarrier. The attack on the helicarrier leads to Bruce turning into the Hulk. The Hulk smashes the helicarrier, and the whole team is scattered to the wind as a result. This is where they all come back together, uh, realizing that Loki is is acting as if he wants an audience, that the best, most likely place he's going to stage his final attack is going to be in New York. They all travel to New York. Loki does stage his final attack. The Chitauri army comes in from space, and they all start fighting it. Just when all looks like it's lost, uh, the World Security Council orders Nick Fury to fire a nuke at Manhattan Island to level it and prevent the army from overtaking the Earth. Uh, Nick Fury decides that he he doesn't want to do this, but 
a plane is launched with a nuke regardless going over sort of going over his head uh the nuke is launched at new york iron man sees that it's coming and nobly sacrifices himself to force the nuke up into the portal that is letting the chitauri army down into new york um he does that they close the portal by the skin of his teeth he falls through the portal just before it closes lands back in the center of new york the nuke blows up the Chitari mothership, and all the Chitari who are on Earth fall dormant. The Avengers win, and and that, that that's basically it. And then they go their separate Hooray. way. Hooray! And then yeah. Loki is taken by Thor back to Asgard. Yeah, and the one of the I I do love one of my favorite lines is um, when he's talking to the council. And they mention, or they bring up the idea, like, you, basically, you let Thor take the Tesseract. And he's like, eh, that wasn't, you know, I I didn't make the decision. I just didn't argue with the god who did. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really great line. There's a lot of really great one-liners oh, in man. this movie. So, you know, I said before, this movie is extremely a Joss Whedon film. And it is yes. extremely a Joss Whedon film, for better and worse. Um, mm-hmm. like there are just so many good lines in this movie. Everybody is just firing on all quip cylinders. It's great. Um, and the the thing I do like about this one is there there are a lot of quips and a lot of sort of witty back and forth banter. Um, but it's not super in your face. Um, like more more recently, um, with. It was Thor Ragnarok, right? Yeah. Thor Ragnarok was real goofy. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I like that. And, you know, we'll talk about that in a couple months. Um, and I'm excited to, to see it again. But this one just had that sort of subtle, yeah, it's me. I'm here. Um, get used to it kind of thing. Like, it felt very much like he was like, I can't believe I get to do this. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking about Joss Whedon. Yeah. I, I can't believe I get to do this, so I'm going to make this movie as and make it feel as much of my movie as possible. Yeah, this, this is so a Joss Whedon-flavored ice cream cone is yeah, what this is. So in, when I watch this in 40 years and think, God, I can't believe they let me do this, I could still be like, yep, this is my movie. It sure <laughs> is. So, yeah. so now I'm going to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> this this is like the, if you ever listen to Muse, listen for Matt Bellamy's breathing. Um but uh, yeah, this movie, nobody ever says so and so intends to do a thing or he's going to do a thing. No, in every instance of that, like, kind of statement, yeah, he means to destroy us. Right. Yeah. It. It. They say it like six or eight times in the movie. Listen for it. It's uh, he means to do this. He means to do that. They mean to do yeah. this thing. I mean to to cause trouble. It's like everybody is Mal Reynolds. Yep. Yeah. No. It's it's so good though. Oh, it's so good. It's so it's good. Just such a tremendously good movie. Oh yeah. Um, I don't even really know where to to start talking about this one. Um, everybody just fits so well together. Like it, you. 
you kind of they they took a big risk. I mean, this was this entire idea, the MCU as a whole, is just this massive risk that they took that just kind of keeps paying off. Oh yeah, and we keep waiting for it to horribly misfire because it a little misfire is fine, right? Yeah, Thor two is not the greatest movie, but it doesn't it didn't bring down the MCU. Yeah, Th- Thor um, two is not an amazing movie, but to to draw certain comparisons that will anger the internet, it's it's not like a Suicide Squad or a Batman versus Superman. Exactly. Like, it still just works. Um, at its core, it's still an MCU film, and it still just kind of makes sense in the greater scheme of, of what they're trying to do here. And it's just kind of insane that all of these these... Not only all of these characters, but all of these actors just came together and worked so damn well off each other. Yeah. Like the 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 relationships that are are formed, you know, the that budding of heads between Captain America and Iron Man and that just I mean obviously that continues throughout the series and and comes to a head in Civil War and um you get you know you get that Barton and um Black Widow yeah. relationship. And, like, it just wastes no time, and it's just like, yeah, these two are close, and these two have been through some shit, and I just believe that immediately. And this is coming from, you know, again, a character in 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 Barton that we've only ever seen once for, like, five minutes. Yeah, and, and, and we were talking basically about, no characterization at yeah. the time. And they did a great job of being like, yep, Black Widow's here, and he's important, and he needs to be a part of this team. Yeah, he, he is and like then, an equal to Black Widow, and that's made clear very quickly. Yeah, and then you see, you know, the I I doubt, in fact, I would be sure that they didn't have any idea what Thor Ragnarok was going to look like when they made this movie. But, you know, that fight between the Hulk and Thor... Um, on the helicarrier is just like, oh man, you guys get to do this again soon. Yep. Um, and that, and and the the they're fighting in New York uh, again. Thor and the Hulk fighting in New York, and then they take that breather, and Thor just, or and Hulk just punches Thor. <laughs> it's so good. Which is you know one of the great gags from this movie, and there are a lot. There are, uh, and we can talk about those in a little bit. Uh, but just all of these. You know, all of these relationships and characters just work so well together right off the bat. Yeah. And it just carries through. It's just unbelievable. Like, I think one of the great things about sort of how this movie comes together um, is that, like, initially at the beginning of the movie, we get to see everybody once, right, on their own. Um, yeah. Doing their own thing. Uh, so you get a good feel for how each character, like, just you get a, f- a sense of each character doing their own thing. Um mm-hmm. Then the movie splits them into groups, right? And you get, like, pair- pairings of them. Yep. And you get elements of their character and how they're going to riff on each other in those pairings, even though they're antagonistic with each other. So you get, like, uh, like Tony Stark and Bruce Banner being science bros and Tony kind of antagonizing him and Bruce just sort of going along with it. You get the fight between Thor and the Hulk. You get the the camaraderie between Black Widow and uh Hawkeye. You get the um like sort of like alpha male quote unquote posturing between Cap and and uh Tony. Um you get a little bit of the like the sort of like 
immovable object, unstoppable force between Thor and and Cap, and you get this, um, like they they just pair them off well enough that you start to see what the group dynamics are going to look like even before the group knows what those dynamics are going to look like. So then, when yep. they come together as a team, everything just slots together so well. Um, they do this movie for like what is it one two 142 minutes did you say it was 100 143 143 minutes for as short as that is they do so much work in terms of making sure that all the pieces get the like enough time to develop and enough time to like present the shape that they're going to be so that when the full picture comes together you can see that it's been built it's not just yeah. like thrown together they they like this movie is constructed and it's constructed so so tightly it's actually um one of the things that kind of this is one of those movies um where i've probably seen the battle of new york specifically uh because of how often this dumb movie is played on tv <laughs> uh like well over 20 or 30 times right like it's it's somehow i have this uncanny ability to sit down turn the tv on and oh they're rolling into to new york <laughs> and i'm like all right well i'm it's like half an hour till the end so i'm gonna sit here and watch this um but the amount of times i've actually watched the full movie all the way through it's probably fairly low and i kind of forgot just how I don't want to say small in scale, but this movie doesn't actually take place in very many different places. Like, yeah. it does at the beginning. Like, obviously, you know, you've got New York and Calcutta and and you've got wherever Romanov is. And, you know, that all sort of comes together very quickly because the minute they're on the ship, the minute they get to the helicarrier, they take a real brief pause, you know, halfway through that time on the helicarrier to go get loki and then they come right back and then you're back on the helicarrier for a whole lot more and then it's off to new york and the movie's done yeah right you spend two easily two-thirds of the movie the entire second and third act on either the helicarrier or new york yep and i kind of forgot about that how and that's one of the reasons i think it works so well and is, is such a tight movie and just paces itself so incredibly perfectly um is because you're not constantly jumping around you have this time to to breathe breathe with these characters and and get to know them in the settings that they're in which is pretty cool. yeah absolutely so. i mean they're they're juggling so much character in this movie that if they were trying to juggle locations as well it would just be a nightmare yep i agree um all right i want to talk about colson um because i'm because i'm angry um Clark Gregg is a awesome. Yep. Like he just seems like a genuinely really great guy. Yep. Um, which is awesome. And Colson played a really important, like apart from, um, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and Nick Fury, he is the second most important member of shield, uh, that exists up until this point. Um, and you know, spoiler alert, he died, and he needed to because they needed something, and that was a really great thing to do. Yeah, right. You, they needed a push, and this was a push, and that made sense. Um, and this is one of the rare rare moments where I'm going to talk about you know the TV shows. Um, they bring him back. He exists in uh, 
he exists in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and theoretically still within the MCU. Um, but we have never seen him since. And it's... I, I think I would probably be less annoyed if there wasn't at least, like, some closure for all of the, like, for all of the Avengers here specifically because they knew who he was. Right. Um, Just to, to sort of talk about the fact that, oh, yeah, he's back. He's alive. He's doing well. He's doing his own thing. It just seems like such a missed opportunity never to bring him back. And you talked about last night. You can say what you said to yeah, me in text. Yeah, so as far as the, like, as by all public accounts, at least, as far as the, like, production around the Avengers movies are concerned, there is a one-way continuity between the the films and the TV shows. Um, the Now, it's not rigid. Like, the films ha- have the liberty to take whatever they want from the TV shows. But uh, by and large, the, the public image is that the things that happen in the movies affect the tv shows but the things that happen in the tv shows don't affect the movies and yes. uh and i get that that makes sense yeah and from um, from the like the marvel creative committee of or whatever it is of like kevin feige and and joss whedon when he was there and so on um they had made statements to like public statements to the effect that as far as they are concerned and as far as the movies are concerned uh, Agent Coulson is dead. It doesn't matter what happens in the TV shows. As far as the movies are concerned, Agent Coulson is dead. Um, so, yeah, that's it's like they they didn't even really like they've obviously thought about bringing him back, but they rather than trying to like explain it, they can't count on the fact that people have watched the TV show. Absolutely, and so they yep. they don't want to have to like explain his being back in a movie when there's like he's moved on to his own subcontinuity and just lives on over there yeah and i guess so my my so the things that i have read because i started looking into it last night and one of the main reasons at least that i could find and it makes sense is that because the movies production wise exist uh so far in they they take you know, a TV show will shoot a few weeks right. before it's set to debut on television, whereas a movie can be in production for two years. Yeah. Right? So it's very hard to line up the story to work like that. Right. And that's fair. And I understand that. Um, and that makes sense. Um, I guess I I just wish um, they would have made – and they and, – and at this point, it's really hard – because it has been so long. Like, it's been six years, yeah. right, since this movie. Um, I guess I wished that much sooner they would have made an exception for that character. Yeah. Because while I agree trying to interweave all of the TV show continuity with the movies is ludicrous and stupid. And, like, I don't think there's... I mean, I'm sure there's people who would love it to, to be the case. But... If you take one second and think about it, you'll realize how unbelievably impossible that is to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least with this one character, I wish they had uh, figured it out earlier. At least, you know, Civil War. Or not Civil War, but... Um, uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, I think, would have been the right place to try to bring him back. Yeah. that um, Like, they almost do it in Age of Ultron. 
because the like the way the the plot refer or the way the reference occurs to Agents of Shield in that movie is the the helicarrier that that uh, Nick Fury brings to the final battle in Sokovia in Age of Ultron. Um, he went and got that from Coulson. Yes, and uh, and like the the only problem with with Nick Fury not having ever let anybody know that Coulson is still alive is it just kind of makes Fury into a huge jerk because he yes. knows and yeah, and, and he's, he's not just not telling him. anybody. Yep, they don't they don't need that push anymore. It was a push. Yeah, I don't, it's so I, it's just a little annoying. Um, but the other thing that I read while sort of looking for uh, some of this information was uh, because um, Captain Marvel uh, is actually taking place in the past. Yep. Um, it doesn't actually fall in line with the current timeline. It actually takes place, in, I think, in the 90s. Yes, or something that's, like that's that. what they've told us so far. Yeah. Um, so there is there is rumors that he might be back for that. That would be great. Because, I'm here for it. Sign me up. Yeah, because because he's because you can easily it's it's, it's 90, so obviously he's still alive, um, which would be great. So I would love to see that just because I would love to see that character character again, uh, without having to uh, dig into that TV show because I kind of uh, kind of left that TV show behind. Yeah, unfortunately. He, it got a little weird. <clears throat> I from what I understand, so it. It's one of those weird TV shows that started kind of slow and then got really good and then kind of got bad again and then apparently just got really good again. Yeah, so so it's like the first half of season one is kind of dire. Yeah. The second half of season one is pretty darn good. Well, it's because they were able to catch up to Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, right. And then the second season is pretty good. The third season is not. Uh, and then apparently the fourth and fifth seasons are great. Yeah. But there have been so I, many jumping off points for people that, yeah, like it lost me. I'd have to go back and yeah. rewatch the whole thing from the beginning, probably. Yeah, I would want to as well. All right. That's my uh, that's my Coulson rant. Yep. But I'm super here I for know. it. If they want to bring him back for, for Captain Marvel, sign me right up. I'm already excited for that movie. Um, I'd be more excited if he was in it. I Part of me wants to see them do a digitally youngified Agent Coulson. The other part of Ooh. me wants him to look absolutely it's... identical in every way. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty awesome, actually. Just completely unchanged. That... Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really look like... I saw a picture of him while I was looking around last night, and I'm like, you don't really look like you've aged all that much in the last 10 years, yeah. so you could probably get away with it. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's, do the, uh, let's do the favorite gag. Oh, don't make me choose. I have an easy one. Okay. Or not an easy one, but I I know mine. Um, and again, there are a lot, the, and um, there's some really iconic ones. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean the Galaga one. Galaga's is amazing. Probably one of the most iconics, uh, most iconic ones. Uh, but the one for me is um, while they're sitting around the table on the the helicarrier, talking about basically how shitty Loki is. Yep. Thor's like, hey, that's my brother. And I can't remember oh, who yeah. said it. I think it was it was Black Widow yeah. was like, he's killed 40 80, of our men. 80 in the people. Last, eight, yeah, 80 people in the last 
48 hours and he's like well he's adopted yep <laughs> adopted brother and i'm like yep that's it that's my gag i love that gag the delivery is phenomenal he's adopted from 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 chris hemsworth yeah, it's, it's so like, good just completely deadpan well he's adopted yeah yeah um it is really yeah good. that that was probably gonna be mine too um but like i i love so many of the gags in this movie um the iconic ones in my mind being i understood that reference I did. Yes. I understood that reference, yeah. um, which has just been, like, become a GIF meme now. Uh, there's the Hulk smashing Loki back and forth, the puny god yep. moment. Yeah. That one's great. Um, along with the uh, yeah. sound he makes when he's just there's lying a really, there. There's a lot. Uh, one of the, the fun things about this, watching this movie, uh, for me was I actually... Um, brought out my blu-ray of it oh yeah because it's not on netflix and i was like oh, god damn it either i pay five dollars to rent it or i move my ps4 out into the living room right so ugh, fine i'll do that and i plugged in the blu-ray and we watched the movie and that was great and i was like oh yeah blu-ray look at all these special features um and there's a lot of really interesting uh deleted scenes yeah that there's if you have the blu-ray i'd suggest checking out i don't want to get get into them here because not everybody's seen them, but there's some interesting stuff yeah, there. Yeah, well, I, I do want to get into one a little bit. Um, okay, that's Just fair. because it, there's an interesting trend with the two Joss Whedon Avengers movies that they both have a clear subplot that got trimmed. Which was? Um, and in this Which one, one it's the, the, um, the coffee shop worker, the one at the end. The movie focuses yes. on her, and she's like... You know, I, I, if Captain America's out there, he, you know, he saved my life, and I would just want to say thank you. Um, the the beginning of that plot line is cut out of the film, so yes. you there's like several scenes in the third act where the like the this waitress is like there's one scene in particular where she's like been rescued from the the bank and uh, Captain America has had his helmet torn off and it's like. Yeah. This weird sort of setup of the the alien ripping his hat off. And then he's outside standing there with his, his hat off, just like taking a breather. And she walks by and looks shocked as she sees his face. And yeah. uh, it's like, yeah, because she was supposed to know who he was. Yeah. And that, that just got cut out of the movie for time, I guess. And uh, Yeah, I mean, that, that entire sequence that got cut out... Um... It was a lot of uh, it. It the scene in question is the lead up to um, his first appearance in the movie when you go into the boxing right gym uh, and he's punching the bag. It's basically the scene. There's like a th- two or three minute scene that has been deleted. Um, it's him in his apartment looking at uh, a file of all of his old people. He sees that Peggy is still alive. He thinks about calling her, which is like, that's kind of a big deal. Um, and we didn't get to see that. Right. Um, and then you see him sitting at, you know, the coffee shop outside sketching. And that's where he meets the the waitress. Um, and that's, yeah, that's all been cut out of the film, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I, um, I wonder I'd if it's... i curious to know why. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's almost because they were concerned that it, put too much emphasis on cap as the main character of the film yeah, which it's it, fair it might have um but yeah it, it's it ends up feeling a little awkward and weird towards the end because there's like there's obvious meaning in the looks 
she's giving him yep. and so on, and there's no setup for it at all. It works, but it it feels a little disjointed. Yep, that's fair. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about with this one? I mean, it's just ugh, it's just really it's good. really really good. Yeah. Ugh. Um, yeah, everybody's great in this. One. Loki is great in this one. Um, yeah, I mean we've we've talked about Loki before. Um, he's back. He's you know kind of kind of a badass here. Yep. Um, more evil than usual. Yeah, a lot more evil than usual. A lot more like you know what we're just gonna go for it. Yeah. A little less. I want to you know trick trick my way into because you never got the sense that he wanted to ki- like kill a bunch of people to become the king of Asgard. Right, yeah. like you, you feel like he kind of just wanted to embarrass, like best case, best case scenario, Loki wanted to embarrass the crap out of Thor, get him banished, and take the crown. Right. And in this one, it was just like, nope, f you. I'm gonna take over this planet, and it's gonna require me killing a lot of people, and I don't care anymore. Yeah, because I'm angry until he does. Uh, which is a sure, which is yeah. a great like character moment in the film when Thor is like fighting with them and basically yeah. like what have you look done at, what look at what you're yeah. doing there's not going to be a planet left here to rule and he's yeah. like well it's too late now <laughs> yeah I can't do anything about it um uh, which is which is like that's a good moment um and. I, I remember there was, like, a blog post or, like, a piece of writing analyzing this film around about the time it came out that suggested that he actually won in this movie because his, his like, real intent was to get back to Asgard so that he could, like, he never actually wanted to rule Earth. This was always a move for him to get back to Asgard. Back to Asgard. Um, interesting which theory. is, like, an interesting theory, which sort of pans out in the events of Thor 2. But yeah, like yeah, you have to look at Loki as playing an extreme long game in order for that to to really pan out. Um, but yeah, it, this is a great movie, and yeah, I I I knew this was a great movie. This has long been in my top yeah. five uh, Marvel movies, like of yeah, I all. mean, I and and uh, even yeah. then, I still forgot how good this movie was. Yeah, I. I... I mean, it is no, I look, we're not, it's no surprise. This is going to be number one for both of us here. Um, <laughs> Speak for just, yourself, James. Just, no, I, whatever, you're Matt. You're totally I, right. It's, it is, this yeah. is number one. Windmill slam number one. It's, it's windmill slam number one. And it's, it's like, it's windmill slam number one. Again, no spoilers, but I, I don't really care. Like it, I, I don't think it was going to be a major shock. I guarantee you the listener that the next three movies are not going to take number one spot. Um, which are, the Avengers, sorry, which are Iron Man three, uh, so Thor, two. Iron Man three, Thor two. Um, and then, Oh, actually no. Cause then it's captain America. Right. Then it's winter right? soldiers. Winter soldier might winter soldier might. I don't know though. It, again, it's been really, I think the most, the fascinating thing about doing this podcast is, seeing all of these movies so close together mm-hmm. makes it so much easier to uh to actually judge them with one another yeah because again if uh, two months ago i would have been like mm, winter soldier is probably like one of my all-time favorite movies let alone marvel movies right uh but having now rewatched the avengers again in context with the first five films 
and all seeing that within the like you know a month of one another it's just like god this is so good uh-huh. like what they did here is more or less impossible uh and there are very few people on the planet who would have been able to do it than the people who were behind you know the start of the mcu yeah and, i mean and... as evidenced by other various studios attempts to launch cinematic universes yeah. it turns it's out it's easy. not easy to do yeah no you need you it's not just about the characters and it's yeah yeah it, it needs a singular Ugh. focus on executing on that idea um and a long-term vision in terms of of that execution yeah and this is just like i knew this movie was just gonna make me ache for infinity wars because <laughs> it's just like oh right the avengers was so good and uh infinity wars is going to be so good like i i i'm a little concerned at how high my expectations are for infinity yeah wars. We, we were talking about the catastrophic like blowout failure of a movie <laughs> just watch yeah. we'll put all this time into preparing for infinity war and that will be the one it just turns out they 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 messed it up right at the end. Yeah. Oh, uh, that would suck. <laughs> I would I would probably cry. So thanks for tuning in to Countdown to Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, eh? Oh dear. Um. All right. Well, last chance. What else? Anything else we want to talk about uh, before we uh, wrap this one up? I I'm just trying to think. Like, there's lots. I I don't know. I feel like we've done a pretty full roundup of this movie at this point. I think I think we can safely put this one in the can. All right, that's fair. Um, as soon as well, as soon as we sign off, I'll think of something and and I'll regret all my life choices up to this point. But that's um, fine. We can just edit around. All right, it's it's no big deal. Um, but all right, so I guess that's going to uh, that's going to do it for this the sixth episode of Countdown to Infinity, your MCU rewatch podcast of choice. Um, we appreciate everybody who listens, uh, leaves comments, likes the video, shares it with their friends. Y'all are awesome. Um, of course, this wouldn't be possible without all of your support over at Patreon.com/slash Loading Ready Run. Go check it out. Would really appreciate it. Um, you can find myself. I'm James over on Twitter at James underscore LRR um, and all the other stuff that we do uh, at Loading Ready Run at LoadingReadyRun.com. You can find Matt over at Matt underscore LRR on, on uh, that Twitter and Twitch. Put, yeah, on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, and then I guess just go to YouTube and search Matt Wiggins. Yeah, one day we should put like a link in somewhere that people can just click. Uh, but until that day, we'll just that's keep telling idea. people to, to just search my name. No, that's that's a good idea. Uh, look in the uh, comments below. Uh, look in the show notes if you're listening audio only or in the com- in the uh, description below. Uh, and we'll put links to all of that jazz. Oh, that actually uh, below. Yeah, we'll just so you can find loading you can ready just run. Click. You can just you click just, on us on YouTube and a- be introduced to the works of loading ready run. Yeah, exactly. Because I assume none of you know what that is. Hey, I, I feel like the YouTube algorithm is working in your favor for at least one or two viewers an episode. I hope so. I've never I should maybe look at the stats. I've never I've never looked to see uh, the the viewership versus uh, f- uh, subs to our channel and not subs to our channel. Mm. It's actually a really interesting statistic. On average, 
uh, at least on Loading Ready Runs channel, like 23 to 25% of our views come from people who aren't subscribed to the channel. Interesting. So if you're listening right now and or watching and you are doing so on YouTube and you're not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. I would appreciate it. Also, the like button. I would appreciate that, too. Um, but yeah, we will be back next week uh, with the seventh installment uh, which is Iron Man 3. Yay, more Iron Man. Woo! All right, we're back. Because we got a, we got, we got a uh, post-credit scene we, we do. to talk about. Uh, and that is... Hey, you may recall uh-huh. I, I mentioned that there was a mysterious space villain. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out there is a mysterious space villain. What's his name? Uh... Uh, well, it's, it's, you may, you may have heard of him before. He's, he's a little uh-huh. enamored with, uh, with the, the literal personification of death in the Marvel uh-huh. universe. Um, he, he, his weapon of choice is a gauntlet, um, of a, a sort of, uh, infinite quality. And, uh, yeah, it, it's Thanos. Yeah. It, it's Thanos. Yeah. Uh, so, right there, the introduction of the character that we are literally working our way towards, right? Yep. If if you didn't know, spoiler alert, Thanos is the big bad guy in Infinity War. Yeah. Um, I apologize if that comes as a shock to you, uh, but, yeah. Spoilers, jeez. Spoiler alert. Um, he looks really cool here. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, eh, not great. Uh, reaction to how he actually looks in Infinity yeah, Wars. Yeah, he, he's he's been redesigned a little. Yeah, he's a little bit more jo- jo- uh, Josh Brolin looking. Well, yeah, because he is got Josh Brolin than... now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this isn't actually Josh Brolin uh, here. Uh, it's a guy named Damien uh, Porter? Portier? Poitier? That could be... An Amer- who's an American actor and stuntman. Um, I don't really know. I would love to know the story behind how he became uh, Thanos here uh, and if he's angry that he didn't actually get yeah. to play Thanos when it was time for him to be in an actual movie. Yeah. I mean, my wild um, guess is that they already had him on, like he was a stuntman for the movie, and they were just I like, you so. aren't one of the actors. Here, let's, let's make you up and then CG you, and you can sit in this chair and turn. You're a big dude. He he was uh, man number one in the Avengers. Awesome, and Thanos, and Thanos, <laughs> uncredited. <laughs> As From Thanos. one end of the scale to the other, there. And then, what else did he get to do? Uh, oh, he was in Civil War as uh, one of Crossbones' mercenaries. So that's neat. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so Thanos shows up, and I mean that's literally what what the next 30,000 movies are about yes. uh, leading up towards. Yeah, six years later, uh, we, we still haven't actually met him. We do. So soon. Like, two months. Wait, February, March, February to March to April. Three months. Yeah. Three months and Three one months. additional Marvel movie between us yeah. and there. Yeah. Hey, that one comes out next it week. It does. I'm hyped. We... <clears throat> yeah, we're going to need to figure out. I'm hoping that it's going to be in uh, some form of... Uh, on demand or available to just purchase yeah 
Um, one hopes. I don't really, I don't really want to steal it. <laughs> I don't know what but, you're talking about. Acquire. The term yeah. is acquire. Yeah. Sorry, acquire. Um, anyways, so I mean, yeah. For all intents and purposes, I'm gonna see it at least once in theaters, and as soon as the Blu-ray comes out, I'm gonna buy it. So I feel like there's maybe an ethical offset there. Oh, all right. I like I like your thinking. Ethical offsets. It's like carbon offsets, right? Yes, that's totally how it works. Cap and trade. Cap yeah. and trade. Yeah. Cap and trade. Awesome. All right. All right. That's actually going to do it. We've talked about Thanos. Uh, we'll see you all next week. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, Thank you. I, I, you. We didn't discuss this beforehand, and I was worried <laughs> that you weren't going to do it. Uh, but I was hopeful that uh, you were going to do the joke. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to do the joke. Excellent. Hey, we're we're back to eat shawarma. Yep. Um, Man, this so is going to be little... the, the longest podcast ever when we get to Guardians Two. Oh God. Um, so I did I did a little bit of reading on this because I was genuinely curious. Yes. Um, and there wasn't any like massive study done, which is fair because that would be silly. But there were um, a lot of um, individual shawarma places across the U.S. Uh, who were interviewed uh, shortly after this movie came up. <laughs> and many of them report 50 to 100% increases in sales. Awesome. Be- directly because of this That's movie. That's amazing. And because of the post, the, because of the, the true post credit scene, because what we didn't mention uh, earlier there is that Thanos was actually uh, the first uh, mid credit scene. That's right. We hadn't actually, we have not actually seen that until this movie. Uh, and then, I, does it become the norm? Is it every movie since has had a mid and post? Or I don't remember. I, d- I don't remember I, Iron yeah, Man three. I don't. I, um, yeah, but I, I don't want to say that that's the case, but it it definitely was. Like here. Thor two definitely does. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I don't remember. And then I'm really curious. Can we see post production? Um, Shwarma. Yeah, so the, there's this. This one has a story about it, right? Where like this was not originally planned to be yeah, on so, the movie, uh, but at the like just, I'm, at the. I'm reading the yeah. I'm reading the uh, post production here on Wikipedia. Okay. An additional coda involving the Avengers eating shawarma was shot April twelfth, two thousand twelve, a day after the world premiere. Right. Um, Evans wore a prosthetic jaw while filming the scene to cover the beard he had grown. What? Uh. Yeah, I have to go back and watch it again. Yeah. Uh, Swarma sales in L.A., St. Louis, and Boston reportedly skyrocketed in the days following the film's release. Um, Whedon stated that the inspiration for the Swarma scene came from the events surrounding the filming of the scene where Fred dies in Wesley's arms in Angel. Um, after the filming of the scene, Whedon and the actor... Uh, Amy Acker and Denisov, who portrayed Fred and Wesley respectively, went out for drinks and ended up just sitting around quietly, exhausted from the day's events, which Whedon then mimicked in the scenes for this film. Which is so good. Yeah, um, that's just such a Joss Whedon thing to yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> but so there, like, there's a lot of things I love about this scene. Um, not the least of which is that earlier in the New York fight, there's a scene where Iron Man like is getting it, like he's just getting his ass handed to him. And he is literally in front of a shawarma shop. You can see the sign in the background. And then when he lands at the end, he's like, yeah, there's a shawarma place a few blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Um, And yeah, the 
the whole shawarma shop being like destroyed and the two workers in the background like sweeping the <laughs> Just floor sweeping and, up and they've got like yeah, a, the there's like a shelf that's like halfway knocked over <laughs> and like broken yeah. glass and they're all just sitting there at the one table just quietly nibbling away oh man it's a good scene it's really good it's a very, it good, very good scene, scene. yeah uh all right but that's actually going to do it that is actually the end of the podcast and well this was almost an hour long so i kind of figured that was going to be the case yeah worth it worth it all right we'll see you next week for thor 2 uh no, no iron, iron man, man 3. 3 iron man 3 easy mistake to make